0: Get it, Rolf. T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Cue the mouse!
1: I'm here! I'm here! Cue <laughs> the mouse is here!
0: What's a ball for?
1: Oh, uh, so you can see that I am not stirring. Note how the hand never touches the spoon. Thank you! Thank you! Come on, Thank you, puppet! Merry Christmas, and welcome to the show show! It seems a bit unnecessary to give spoiler warnings for shows that are a half century old and are meant for children. You already know the spoilers. The Grinch's heart grows three sizes, Miss Piggy survives the snowstorm, and Linus is Catholic. So chill out, nog up, here's Sweets and slainy. It's
0: The last couple of days before the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. Actually, you only have one more day before Christmas holiday. Yeah, and then I'm off for 12 days.
1: The 12 days of Christmas, oh my God! <laughs> yes
0: it also includes new year's of course yeah do you find there are yeah. a handful of people around work who are kind of like nah i'm not taking time off like there are a couple of people who have like really yeah I, people are entitled to not care too much about christmas that's totally fine but like it seems like a time where people traditionally take some time off and i i've been asking around like oh when's your time off oh, i'm not taking any nah nah
1: well, i think some of the programmers find it really difficult like where it's winding down for a lot of other people like in sales and for me and promotions and for other people that have to build the clocks and and put the get all this programming stuff together for sure. certain features and all that stuff and like schedule all of it it's kind of brutal on them and like i've had this conversation with anna before where i'm like oh yeah like it's pretty dead like i'm taking off tomorrow and I'm gone for so long. she's like, Oh, like I have to (laughs) stay till like eight o'clock on Christmas Eve to get stuff done and then work through the weekend to get more done. So I think that's kind of where it's like, you're not going to get a ton of excitement from people outside of sales. And I think some people just don't take time off because they end up getting that. um, Like the way that the Christmas vacation works this, this year is kind of like, well, you're going to be off for five days in a row anyway. It falls very conveniently, but I, I use that in the other way. I just
0: use that as leverage to exactly. take fewer days off to get so a I huge take, chunk of vacation.
1: I take five days off, and I'm getting 12 days off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Isn't that great? It is great. I, although, I, I've kind of come at this week a little bit like, gee, I kind of feel like it should be Christmas now. Like, th- these days kind of feel like a purgatory before Christmas. Really? Like, it, I should be there, yeah. Interesting.
1: I kind of like it, since, since working at the radio station, like... I didn't get that Christmassy feeling as much when I was in university, but right. since working at, you know, especially Q104 and Mix, where we make a bigger deal out of out of Christmas, mm-hmm. we build it up. Like, we do, we start Toy Drive, like, a month before Christmas actually starts. So it's, yes. you start to get in the mood then. And, and the then, parade, even though I don't like the, parades. Sure. Yeah, exactly. The parade's, like, a month and a half ago at this point. I, I know what you mean about about
0: that, like... It almost happens post-adolescence. You have this kind of fleeting, lost sense of, is Christmas still magical and will it ever be magical again? Right. Uh, Because you miss that and you remember it being this important thing. Mm -hmm. And I I talk about that a little bit in Humbug, about how maybe that's how you remember it and maybe it's not how you actually felt back then. Right. But two years ago, I wrote Humbug. Mm -hmm. And one year ago, I spent all this time producing it and working on it. And then just this year... I guess I'm kind of riding the wave of having spent two Christmases feeling very festive and involved in Christmas. Right. So in these past three Christmases, I've really not had a problem
1: achieving some sense of seasonal joy.
0: Yeah. Which is nice. That
1: is nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the best whenever you can get that, those member berries, that nostalgia <laughs> of Christmas. And that is, I think what, what Christmas
0: spirit is based around is nostalgia. Yeah. It's, definitely. This, it's
1: this definitely the reason. And when people have kids and they talk about what Christmas is like now with those little rugrats, man, sounds great. <laughs> Christmas people is love for children. It. But
0: this is why we allow ourselves to watch A Muppet Family Christmas, mm-hmm. um, even though it's made for children. I mean, yes. yes, it's 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 made so that everyone can enjoy it. But right. generally speaking, you wouldn't put on a kid's show, no. except for that It's it's laced with this Christmas nostalgia that you're trying to reattach yourself to
1: yeah yeah i agree you have mentioned to me a couple of times in the last couple of days that that is one of your favorites muppet family Christmas, and this was the first time that i've watched it in full since i don't know since i was like a little kid we should clarify we're not talking about a muppet christmas carol with michael
0: kane no there there have been there have been (laughs) a couple of different a couple of different muppet christmas things yes and this is uh a slightly more niche one. What is the cat doing there? What is she pulling on?
1: Uh, she's kind of got a wire in between her right, legs, but, like, it's not. Get out of here. Get. Here. She's, yeah, she was just kind of playing with that. Oh, okay, she's gone. All right. Uh, uh,
0: in, in fact, I happen to know that A Muppet, uh, the Muppet Family Christmas is, in its original form, quite a a rarity it's considered rare and it's easy to access it on youtube so right. the internet almost eliminates the possibility that anything digitized can be rare right like what is it is it the beastie boys album or what is there's oh paul's uh somebody has an album that only exists on like vinyl or something. i don't i don't know what it is but there's like very few digital things that sure that are rare anymore yeah yeah um but before the internet, *A Muppet Family Christmas* was, was and part rare. of part oh. of the reason was it was produced, and then shortly thereafter, all of the properties that exist in it were divided up. Right. So, so Kermit and and Piggy and and Fozzie, they were all sold to Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sesame Street belongs to PBS and viewers like you. Right. And Fraggle Rock, the characters from Fraggle Rock, still exist under the umbrella of whatever is left of the henson company <laughs> oh interesting so these are three different ownerships so what happened to the original version of a muppet family, family christmas which is the 42 minute version you can find on youtube very yep. easily yep was it was edited down to 25 minutes
1: oh no way And they cut out
0: every sesame street All the character sesame street stuff, and, and fraggle. every fraggle character
1: oh well that's like a yeah it doesn't even seem like it would be 20 minutes yeah, I know. And that awesome interaction between the Swedish chef and, and Big Bird. Big Bird was so heartwarming. Yeah. And did you catch the little uh, the little tidbit in it with, I love Carols. That's oh, what, that's okay. what uh, Big Bird says. And it's also a guy named Carol that voiced him. And I kind of wondered if that was a little <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> no, I never would have thought There's that. There's been multiple times where he... Like, there was actually... I think when Carol, the guy who voiced him, died, I think there was a whole show about... Him being like, my friend Carol's gone, and like assume, dealing with
0: the death. I always assur- assumed Big Bird was voiced by a woman, just because
1: the voice sounds kind of womany. Well, maybe maybe it is a girl named Carol. Yeah, but I always, for some reason, thought it was a guy named Carol. Well, the
0: character, to be fair, Big yeah. Bird as a character is male. Yes, so maybe that's why you thought that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know that Big Bird was one of the—I mean, obviously, Big Bird stands out, but if you look at Jim Henson's funeral on YouTube, and I think we've talked about this before, yeah. Big Bird stands out, and many Muppets, including Sesame Street characters and Fraggles, are
1: doesn't, present. Doesn't Big Bird, like, deliver the eulogy or something? Big Bird cries. Oh, my God. That's heartbreaking. I don't I don't remember—I
0: don't exactly remember—no! Oh, Big Bird sings. That's what it is. Oh. Big Bird sings, It's Not Easy Being Green. Because the only Muppets that were present were Muppets that were not voiced by oh, Jim Henson. Oh, interesting. So that's it, that's what's so devastating about right.
1: it. Right. I've never watched that, but I've heard it's the saddest thing ever created. It's sad, and I mean, it's beautiful. I think someone told me like when they want a good cry, <laughs> they watch Jim Henson's funeral. It's a good idea. It's like notoriously super sad. It's it's really
0: sad, but it's also, like, it's touching. Yeah. So at the end, in the final 30 seconds of up mm-hmm. Muppet Family Christmas, uh, Jim Henson and Sprocket are washing the dishes. Did you get a
1: kick out of that? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it was like Jim Henson just replaced Doc all of a sudden yeah. for a second. Like, he'd be, <laughs> and he's like, yes, yeah, so that's right, Sprocket. Uh, someone's got to clean these dishes. Yeah. <laughs> who, who was Doc? What was that character about? He was just supposed to be I I don't know why. I think he was supposed to be the one who kind of got infected with the magic of Christmas. Right, he because was he was of kind the of He was one. like I wanted a quiet Christmas, but right. comes around so quickly to the point where he's like I'm going to build bunk beds yeah. real quick for all these muppets.
0: Uh, and now we're friends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he
0: goes and rescues Miss Piggy. It, it well, is the, also one of my favorites. I the, love it. The
1: first thing is when he See, meets the dog meets Rolf. And mm-hmm. Rolf is like, bark, 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 and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was awesome. I love when he says, uh, this piano's out of tune. I love out of tune pianos. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Dr. Teeth and the... Uh, Electric
0: Mayhem. De-
1: what a great name it's for... a, a, a
0: legitimately good band Dr.
1: Name. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Well, you know he was modeled after Dr. John, right? Yes. Like, so obviously. And Yeah, very and, plainly. And the, the other guy looks exactly like David Crosby. So I'm assuming... I think his name's Lips. Oh, okay. I think I think that's a I think that character's a girl. No, no, he's got like a mustache. Like the dude with the red mustache coming out on both sides. Oh okay. And then the girl with the yellow hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who is that strange blue creature? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's supposed to be um uh what Joni Mitchell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, isn't so that who awesome? Who Animals supposed to be? I don't, I don't know if Animals actually created after anyone. I think he was just kind of his own his own guy. Although some might say Keith Moon. Some might say Keith Moon. Actually, I think he was supposed to be Keith Moon. Oh, my God. I'm, I actually really do think he was supposed to be Keith Moon. This is cool that you're piecing this together. Yeah, I, I remember hearing it somewhere before, too, and I'd have to double-check that. But, yeah. But, yeah, that band always really makes me happy. I found
0: myself... The only thing I would roll my eyes at is the uh, the passing of the fraggle pebble.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I found myself annoyed by this this practice. I, I used to really like the fraggle part. Of, I used to really like the whole thing. Now I realize that although it does hold up and it still gives you that nostalgia, it does. It's not as muppety as as I kind of thought. Like it wasn't good for just a basic sit down laugh. It was good for like ah oh, yeah. I watched this one. It really younger.
0: wasn't that edgy.
1: No. It, there Sometimes was like the a, Muppets a are Christmas edgy. carol every, every other, well, considering the Muppets first thing was called like Muppets sex and violence. Like that was supposed <laughs> to be, it was supposed to be the raunchy version, I think of Sesame Street, Sesame Street at yeah. first. And they like almost went too far. And then it ended up just becoming basically a kid's thing. But The Muppet Show arguably is like kind of a Saturday Night Live of Muppet stuff. That's- I
0: remember hearing Jason Siegel talk about that a lot when he was kind of uh, spearheading the relaunch of The Muppets when he did The Muppet movie. And he yeah. wrote that movie. And uh, he's obviously got a special thing for puppets totally. with the Sarah
1: Marshall story and everything. Right. Um, well, he, I think he actually is like a part-time puppeteer, and that was like one of his true passions. Well, and in the end, when he has the Dracula musical done
0: with puppets yeah. in Sarah Marshall, that's a real thing he did. That's not a silly oh, yeah. sketch they wrote for the
1: movie. That's like based on his life. God, that's amazing. Quick so side dork. Do you have... Have you found yourself ever saying, oh, the weather outside is weather? Of course. I, of I, course. I've been saying it for three years, and the other day <laughs> I was driving, and Catherine, my friend, uh, said... Oh, the weather outside is weather. And I was like, what is that from again? Like, why have I been saying this for yeah. years? And I don't remember it, but I find it so funny. And also, and, you sound like you're from London. Yeah, yeah. I knew that one. <laughs> and it was from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Paul Rudd. yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember Siegel saying when he was promoting the Muppet movie that he can recall falling in love with the Muppets because they felt kind of naughty, like watching them, even though it's essentially fundamentally a kid's program. There's something edgy about it. And I remember that when the Muppets briefly had a ABC sitcom two years ago. Do you remember that show? Yep. That was a good show. Yeah. And about halfway through the run, it was only on for a year, I guess. Yep. But halfway through the run, they decided they were going to remodel the show. They were going to have a different take, a different voice. And it was still Okay. But it wasn't as good. I thought the first ten episodes of that show were
1: cutting and weird. And they don't have it on anymore, do they? It's cancelled. It's It's over. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but again, like I wanted it to be successful.
0: It was a great vehicle for them to get like Ed Helms or Olivia Munn or like major celebrities to come on and do movies. The premise was Miss Piggy is the host of a late night talk show. Right. Which is funny
1: on its own. Yeah,
0: and Kermit is her executive producer and everyone else just kind of works there. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy The Muppets, I thought. And in fact, my all-time favorite Christmas special, maybe I should have had you watch this, although it's not anyone else's favorite because no one else has heard of it. It's called Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree. Okay. Um, and it is, it's a Henson production. Kermit the Frog is in it, and there are a few other animal characters that are made by the Henson Company. Okay. Kermit the Frog is kind of like the narrator, and he appears every now and then he's like, this is what's happening. But all the main characters are played by people. Robert Downey Jr., Leslie Nielsen and Stockard Channing. And it's <laughs> and it was, like, right in the height of Robert Downey Jr.'s coked-out-of-his-gourd days. Right. So, like, I don't imagine he could possibly even remember shooting Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree. Yeah. But it's a 25-minute special about this very jolly millionaire who loves Christmas more than anything. And he has this big mansion, and so he sends out his help to go cut him down the perfect Christmas tree. It's all mm-hmm. about all these different families in search of the perfect Christmas tree. Um, and so... His help goes out into the woods, and they cut down the perfect Christmas tree. Little do they know that there's this family of mice atop the tree trying to cut the top off of the tree to take home as their perfect tree, oh. okay? And so Mr. Willoughby puts the tree in his living room. I'm just going to tell you how the whole thing goes. Yeah, it's only I can't 25 wait. Minutes. It's a lovely story. Mr. Willoughby puts the tree in his living room, and it's just a little bit too tall for his living room. So mm-hmm. he chops the, the top eight feet off the tree, and uh, he decides he's going to give it to his maid who lives upstairs, and that's Docker Channing. She needs a Christmas tree. Send it up to Miss Adelaide is I her think name.
1: I see where this is going.
0: Exactly. And so the mice are still at the top of the tree all the time, mm-hmm. and Miss Adelaide puts up the tree in her loft upstairs, and it's just a little bit too tall for her loft. So she lops the top off, and she throws it out into the dumpster, and a family of bears comes by, and the mice are still aboard the tree, terrified that people or bears or owls are going to devour right. them while they're in search of their perfect tree. And uh, the family of bears come by and they put it in their cave and it's just a little bit too tall for their cave. So they lop a little bit off the top and they throw it out into the woods. And the mice are just about ready to cut off their perfect piece of the tree once again when an owl flies over and picks up the, mm. the piece of the tree and takes it home to his family as a as a, a perfect Christmas tree. And it's just a little bit too tall for the owl's nest. So the owl lops off the top of the of the tree and tosses it out into the woods and the mice are still attached to the top of this tree terrified for their lives and just as the mice are ready to chop off the the perfect size of their christmas tree they realize it's already been cut for them because it's already been shrunken down so small that it's perfect for a mouse so they take it home and everybody has a perfect christmas tree nice it's a lovely little story sure i told it in almost as many minutes as it takes for the production (laughs) to get through
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm just wondering where Robert Downey Jr. and Stalker Channing fits in. Well, Stalker Channing was the...
0: And Robert Downey Jr. is Mr. Willoughby. He's the millionaire. Oh, he's the millionaire. Well, so
1: has... what does what Leslie Nielsen do? He's the butler. Oh. Baxter. I thought, yeah. I thought Leslie Nielsen was the millionaire <laughs> just because he's got he had kind of more of like a regal look
0: and there are a couple of songs in it mm-hmm. and they're just like the most wonderful songs. Robert Downey jr is actually a very good jazz singer. Right. And, uh, I recommend it. It's on YouTube.
1: I'll look it up for sure.
0: Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree that and it's hosted great. by Kermit the frog.
1: The thing is, I think I might've, I probably have seen it. Maybe I believe ex- that I've, except seen I've it. never if... met someone else who is
0: even aware of Did it.
1: Did you see it on TV as a kid? Is that how you, knew I,
0: it? I made it a part of my Christmas tradition to watch it every year from a, a a tape, like a VHS
1: tape, my dad uh, had had torn from YTV or right. something. right. I had so many YTV tapes mm-hmm. of like Home Alone and yep. and like watching all those old the Christmas Santa Claus. Ads. Yeah. Yep. Like. It's funny because that like Hershey's Kisses commercial was still on that one. Yes. And then you'd still see all these other old, it'd be like the 1993 Buick or like Chrysler <laughs> Sebring. I, I can remember
0: going through those commercials and it got to the point where I wouldn't want to fast forward through the commercials because it'd yeah. be weird to watch them. Totally. Like what a McDonald's commercial with Ronald McDonald in it would look like. Yep. Or, uh, I don't know, like a commercial for Peak friends or something. Totally. Because <laughs> I don't even watch commercials now, but yeah. to go
1: back and watch a 20-year-old commercial is very strange. It's awesome. Yeah pretty satisfying um yeah i uh i so i watched it tonight and it was kind of nostalgic but it was kind of kiddie too you know there's a carol ever every other minute and And a huge uh,
0: medley at the end
1: yeah yeah Yeah. went on for way too long i actually fell asleep at that point (laughs) i'm not joking i was like lying on the couch kind of tired anyway and then all the singing started happening and i fell asleep and woke up right when jim henson was like Who's going to wash all these dishes, Sprocket? Also, what happened with Doc? And how about um, A Muppet Christmas Carol? Is that one that you care about? I think I would now. I, I At the time, being a youth, hated it. Really? Could not get into it at That's all. That's
0: crazy to me.
1: But now, yeah, I, and I think it was just, I thought it was kind of a slow musical. Yeah. But... I saw it again, I think, in high school, and I was way more entertained by it. There are a couple of songs in that that are masterpieces. Like, we're Marley
0: are and barley. Great one. <laughs> uh, and wherever you go, it feels like Christmas. Right. And uh, here comes Mr. Humbug. Here comes Mr. Grimm. It, the, the songs are fantastic. They're Broadway good. Right. And,
1: I mean, Michael Caine is spectacular. That, that was, I meant to say, uh, uh, pitch perfect, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> perfect pitch, and I I wish you stayed along at the Christmas party for longer because I was gonna make so many jokes to <laughs> to, Becky. to Becky about okay. how we should give
0: about background. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we were discussing Christmas music, and Boney M came up, and their song is "Mary's Boy Child." Will you sing mm-hmm. a little bit for us right now? Uh,
1: I thought it was like the one that I yep. did was like. Bum, 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 dun, bum, bounce, 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 and that's exactly
0: that is mary's boy child right and that's exactly what you did two weeks ago too and when becky was listening to the podcast she texted me to say she's pretty and becky's a music major she she wanted me to know that you probably have perfect pitch because every time you sing on the podcast as if that's all the time she checks to see if you're you're just um spontaneously starting in the right key And apparently you do it pretty often.
1: Oh, she actually checks. Yes. She facts checks. I thought there was no way to find a definitive answer on that. And I thought that she... (laughs) That's awesome. I thought that she also um, was asking you if I had perfect pitch. Like like you would know. Well, she did that too. And I said no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I need to ask, does Selene have perfect pitch? And I was like, Whoa. How would Sweets ever respond to that? Like, yeah, no, he definitely does. Does Slaney
0: have this incredibly rare musical gift?
1: Also, well, that's what I thought. I yeah. thought, like, perfect pitch is, like, to me, like, synesthesia, like, being able to see color. Yeah. It's right, kind sorry. of like that. Hear, Hear color?
0: My uh, yeah. my good friend Drew has a brother CB. who's an excellent saxophone player, and mm-hmm. he has perfect pitch. Really? So he, and he has said, and Becky has said this as well, though it's a cool skill and it's a cool party trick for nerds, right. it's also kind of haunting to hear really? like a door slam and go, that's a D. To hear, oh! to hear a toilet flush and go, that was an F sharp. Really? Like, it's, you hear it all everywhere,
1: right? Because everything is a note. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That reminds me of like Mozart in the Jungle. Have you ever seen that show? No. It's it's based on a book, <laughs> Mozart in the Jungle. And it's uh, narrated by Jason Schwartz. Okay. Schwartzman?
0: Schwartz, Jason, Jason Schwartzman.
1: Yeah. Schwartzman. Like okay. Wes Anderson, Jason yeah, Schwartzman? Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. It's narrated by him, but there's actually a, a show as well, and it's a good show. It's like a comedy on Amazon. Okay. And Mozart it, in the Jungle. Mozart in the Jungle, and it's all just about a, a current day um, virtuoso maestro who moves in. He's kind of like the bad boy maestro in New York. Yep. Who okay. come comes from Spain? I think that's cool. And yeah, and the whole story of like him replacing like the old man and is yeah. he actually playing uh, Mozart like a, a modern Mozart no. or it's just he's like a Mozart he's like a type Mozart. figure but it's it's kind of funny because there's some parts where he's like thinking and talking to Mozart and Mozart's like a little man in the library <laughs> talking back so to it's him. absurd it's a little bit absurd yeah like not all the time but there See, are a I, few episodes when you said like Mozart
0: that. in the jungle i pictured a nickelodeon <laughs> show yep
1: animated exactly the same thing i thought when i first heard it
0: animated like fairly odd parents yep and a guy who looks like mozart but is wearing the loincloth of george of the jungle right that's what i pictured
1: i kind of thought maybe like a green screen show where they (laughs) where it was like this guy mozart dressed as mozart in front of like a ton of greenery being like what am i doing here (laughs) oh the sound of a coconut hitting the ground is an f sharp and now it's, we can
0: make this song. It's a great uh, a plague on one's life, I think, to be of perfect
1: pitch. You're going to start doing this now. I'm going to start doing it. I find myself singing all the time <laughs> just because I'm like, there's that perfect pitch. You in. just
0: need to start your day by playing a perfect C on a keyboard and then just go about your day comparing everything to that note. To and you'll C. train
1: yourself to be pretty close. Except I'd be wrong all the time. Like <laughs> that door shutting was a C. <laughs> Someone would be like, There's no way
0: that was a C. Just always say C. Yeah. So when in doubt, go it, with C. It's a C. I wanted to say the reason the pebble ritual in Fraggle Rock drives me crazy is that it seems rude.
1: <laughs> it seems <Right>.
0: like... <laughs> You're re-gifting. The, yeah, there's so much re-gifting and right in front of the person. Right. Like, like at first they're starting to say like, last year I got this pebble from this person and the year before she <laughs> got it from him. But then immediately I they give the it to thing. Robin it goes- and
1: Robin immediately gives it to Grover. Yeah. I thought the same thing. (sighs) I also realized that I was confusing Grover and Gonzo for a long time. I think I was calling Gonzo Grover. Interesting. Um, But the Grover part was super funny. (laughs) Notice (laughs) my hand is nowhere near the spoon. Because he's dressed up as a mouse. Not not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Right. Uh, It was funny. Um, So yeah, I was overall pretty happy about it. The Muppets are timeless. Uh, Quick um aside quick aside or intermission maybe sure from the first show what did you think about saturday night live this week
0: oh um i thought it was disappointing did you overall i mean i i thought it was disappointing because I, I expect the christmas epi- episode to be quite a spectacle sure. and it was certainly not it was almost determinedly
1: <laughs> not a big production on the level of christmas specials it was not that good but on the level of episodes this year, I thought it was one of the better ones. Can we agree the Run DMC parody was hilarious? It was great. And, and so in keeping with Christmas and Hollis, like you've yes. seen Christmas and Hollis. Like yes. It looked so similar so and even sounded similar. Like Chance the Rapper did a great job.
0: Chance the Rapper was amazing he's both a, times. He's a
1: great performer. He yeah. is really great and very, he just has a likableness to him Yeah, on stage. You know, he's only like 23. He released yeah. his first album, I think when he was, 16
0: he was one of the top selling artists last year and he has never been signed to a major label yeah he's like very legit
1: isn't that crazy have you ever heard donnie trumpet and the uh what is it donnie it's basically like a a rap album with him and kind of a full brass band
0: no but that's awesome it's so good i love the size of his band i thought that was great
1: yeah what other sketches did i really enjoy well the dunkin donuts thing was really that was classic that was really great when he just throws the coffee at the the lexus at the (laughs) end of the sketch and, um, and I thought
0: the opening was fine. I mean, the was Hillary no... Love Actually
1: oh, was Oh, that amazing. was glorious. Amazing. So good. What happened with the electoral vote anyway? I guess it, nothing. You know what happened with the yeah. electoral vote. They, <laughs> I didn't think anything was going to They picked Donald change, J. Trump. That's what I figured. But but that was really funny. Yeah. Um, Kate McKinnon's facial expressions through that alone. Were, I'm like, actually...
0: And maybe it was through that sketch a little bit. I am actually starting to finally come around on Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I ever disliked her. I just kind of thought she was being... You thought I, she was overrated. I thought she was overshadowing Ceci- Cecily, who I still think is more talented.
1: I think her talent's starting to come out a little bit, too. I think that the... The like the fact that she's able to do the girl at the party, the... Uh, what's her name? Like Catherine the The trailer park girl who just doesn't <laughs> make sense. Yes, I love her. She's so fun. Like yeah. I think she did two I, weeks ago. You mean? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. she's just got a lot of range.
0: Uh, but sometimes you'll go a whole week without seeing her. Right. You'd be like, "Is she shooting a movie this week?" And she'll be at the Good Nights, but she wasn't in the show.
1: Right. She got a lot of buzz really early on. Yes, she did. And yeah. now I think she's she kind of the like
0: correspondence dinner.
1: Right. She, what? Wait. What? Yeah. Whoa! Like I didn't four, know that.
0: Like four years ago, she was like practically a nobody. She was in her first. She was in one of her rookie years on SNL. She hosted the White House. That's incredible. Day.
1: Yeah. Have you seen the video of that? Mm, I think I watched it at the time. Wow. Yeah. I want to check that out. Um, The other skit that I've... Actually, you know what I thought was really funny was the monologue.
0: Oh, I disagree. I, I thought the monologue was brutal.
1: I, I thought the way it was delivered was so funny. Uh, Like just how he was talking about Manchester by the sea. And he's yeah. like, but it's, you know... Soul-crushingly sad, but but it's good. Uh, and the John Goodman Alec Baldwin stuff was kind of a good like intro yeah. into it. And then when I'm getting so tired of people singing during the monologue, just yes. hearing a couple keys of yes. the piano and then them breaking out into song, that it was kind of refreshing for to see him go. Like, except for singing, singing is definitely not happening. Well, that's a bit of an that.
0: inside joke on SNL too, because yeah. it's understood, and it's not exclusively the case. Because like when you have Lin Manuel there you do a song right but or 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 like justin timberlake for that matter but like if if the guest host they have does not have very good comedic timing Mm -hmm. often they'll do a song just because it's easy flash and entertainment right and the timing is built in yeah know what i mean yep um so i think that was kind of a a subtle wink to that yeah that it's like yeah exactly
1: i think i think it was a subtle wink to how much of a crutch it is for the monologue yeah exactly but uh, I just
0: didn't think it was that well rehearsed, and thats not, I don't blame Casey Affleck for that. I well, just didn't, he was like kind of
1: fumbling through it. Well, that came out point, at the very end when When, uh, when Baldwin started up. laughing? Yeah, when Baldwin was just like, that <laughs> did not land. But that's why SNL's great. That is
0: why SNL's great. People forget that all the time. They mm. expect it to be this really polished thing, and
1: they forget how, how much less magic it would have right. for that reason. Yeah. I thought the Naughty Elf skit was way funnier this time, too. And how many times have they done that now? I, I don't know. I just thought they did it last year. They've definitely done it a few times. Really? Yeah. It Maybe is, it's like a tradition for them.
0: It is funny. Yeah. And it, it goes there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Punish our little bodies.
0: Uh, so I guess overall, I like, did think it was a pretty good episode objectively. Just I thought it was a little little dull for the Christmas show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I th- Man, that Dunkin' Donuts skit <laughs> got me, though. You're right. The Love the Actually one was really spectacular, laughing. too.
0: Yeah. That was really something.
1: Yep. And like, yeah, the faces she was making when it was like, bish, ya cray. Like, <laughs> uh, she's really funny when she turns Hillary into that kind of character. You can hear her doing like, it, too. My baby's your brain broke when she said that <laughs> <laughs> to any women who were going to vote for Donald Trump.
0: She did that sketch again this week, though, where it's about alien abductions yeah. where they were counting alien and it didn't go as well as it has in the past. No,
1: that's the thing when you keep bringing a, a skit back, yep. it's hard to maintain that. It's the same with the party, Karen at the party or whatever um, with Kristen Wiig. It's hard to maintain that level of humor because you're yep. used to it. But that that particular sketch has had people cracking up, dying before. Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: that's what's entertaining about it. Right. And a good example of what you just said is Drunk Uncle. Like, I've been waiting for two years now for them to do Drunk Uncle again. Right. And every time I'm like, oh, it's going to be tonight. It's Thanksgiving right. weekend. It yeah. doesn't happen. And it might be better that way. Yeah.
1: There's more of a buildup. <laughs> Let's wait for the next SNL movie, the Drunk Uncle movie.
0: Well, very few characters work every time like stefan right like stefan is one of the more that that is like the wayne's world you, of our era yeah
1: you were able to go a lot of places with stefan yeah it was relentlessly funny uh-huh and uh the, i realized the, f- the first skit was also very funny after the dunkin donuts one where it was the two robots and fred Armisen. that was funny that okay was pretty, i guess i liked the whole it was, episode it was pretty good and yeah. and weekend update with fred Armisen and vanessa baird doing the I will say though, yeah. like they didn't even put on a, a Russian accent. I know or Becky anything. said the same thing. That was the best part. <laughs> yeah, where's friends from Russia. He's, Super no, he's nice the, guy. He's the best. He's, he's such l- a good guy. He says such nice things about you. Um, I will say though, <laughs> because I know people like that. Yeah, like my friend Karen actually talks like that. I will say though, there's this thing that <laughs> they lower. They're yeah. still on TV. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Michael J is like, I can't hear you. And it was a great great callback to when they said, and what about Colin Jones? And he's like, oh, he's the best. I will say though, yep. like that was the first time they've, that they've really brought Michael Che in, kind of on a joke like that, you know. But they they used to do that with Seth Meyers. That same yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. did they? Oh, absolutely! That's
0: that's a reoccurring oh. sketch. They've and I've, done
1: it ten times. Sure, yeah, and I've I've watched it before too. I didn't I didn't even realize that. And it used to be like kind of Seth. Of a... It's kind of like how you
0: feel about Lorne, and right. you would be like, "What? Lorne gave me my break." Oh I yeah. I will say though. Yeah. And
1: it's it's always something like that. <laughs> right. Okay. I like it less now, but but still found it pretty. And funny. it's always
0: based around some kind of inherently evil dictator yeah. or like figurehead. Right. And yeah. then
1: being friends with them. The, yeah. I, so the. The gay robot thing at the beginning was also very funny. Yeah, everyone was asking questions about it. Well, I guess, I even thought Casey Affleck was really funny in that because he too he was super awkward. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being homophobic?
0: Yeah, just...
1: <laughs> yeah. You opened up a can of worms. That one. Are you going to
0: see Manchester by
1: the Sea? Yeah, I'll probably see a lot of the screeners over Christmas. Right. Are we? Should we talk about Star Wars in this podcast? We can do that. Okay. <laughs> you want to take that deep dive? Oh boy! Well, spoilers, I guess. Well, we want to talk, uh, We want. We really want to talk about Rogue One. Well, I mean, what what are we going to say that's not
0: going to be a spoiler? Especially with something that's so sacred as Star Wars, where people don't want to know anything. They want to go in as
1: blind as possible. Mm, something like um, Felicity Jones is delightful. Yeah, I mean, she is. Maybe something like. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is a revelation. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, it was great. I I think I'm going to see it again yep. on Thursday. Okay. Um, and also, have you heard of what Cineplex D-Box is? Do you do you understand what this is? What is D-Box? I watched a video on it today because we were looking at times. Where we're going to take Jen's little cousin, which is going to be an interesting thing. Yes. Although, I have to pick my sister up at the fucking airport now, too, and that pisses me off. Ah, the worst sister. So, I might miss the first half yep. and just go at the end. Um, but the, uh, the D-Box is like IMAX, but the chair also like moves with you. Nice. And like if if you're like up in the sky with, with the Falcon, the Millennium Falcon or yeah. something, you're like rocking back and forth. They and have there's that here? Like, yeah. Wow. A- apparently it's at uh, Dartmouth Crossing. Okay the the d-box i watched a video on it today and was like <laughs> it what the expensive hell is this for a ticket for that jen was like i would get sick if i was doing that yeah i i think so too so we're just going to see the like ultra avx it was
0: just a really actually, it was a really excellent war film like it wasn't it wasn't as campy as star wars usually is they right. really re, rely on the droid to do all the jokes yeah um
1: good good droid by the way a little bit different from the classic like
0: yeah my brother made a good point that's what they should have done with jar jar banks right they, that's he's that's who that should have been
1: yeah he was kind of dry and like he 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 landed some some really good jokes everything out of his mouth i'm was funny. coming too. <laughs> cassian said i had to yeah
0: no i thought it was great yeah I, I thought it was so good and i thought it it well how
1: old are jen's cousins so jen's little cousin he saw the force awakens he's in grade three this is different, man. I know, I know. And this is what... But the violence is not... I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about how it ends. The overall plot. And that's what Jen talked to talked to his mom about, too. I think it would have been... Said. I
0: think that the way... I think the way that it ends was beautiful. And I was so nervous that Disney wasn't going to do this. Yeah. Because they're Disney. But it, it would have been troubling to me as a kid. I was
1: going to say, do you think it would be troubling? I hope it's not. I'm a sensitive little weenie, though. Well maybe he is too he's only 8. <laughs> so well we'll see. Um I perfect amount of Vader. The mo- yeah. Perfect amount. Great usage of Vader. Yes. Like Get to see Vader be a bit of a badass, and that's really the last time you're going to see Vader, I think, for uh, any of the next movies.
0: Especially since James Earl Jones is like eighty-three.
1: Yeah, like totally.
0: Yeah, if, if they want to bring him into a studio, yeah. my brother had a good point that they should really just have they should just pay James Earl Jones a hundred grand to go mm-hmm. into a studio for a day just and just everything. just say a bunch of shit. Yeah. So that because especially since. Vader's voice is tempered, one
1: milk, one sugar,
0: <laughs> and it's modulated. Yeah, like if they could just have him say enough generic phrases that they could piece together some basic dialogue. They can just take it from like
1: Field of Dreams, <laughs> <laughs> the other
0: movies he's been in, The Lion King.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Simba. Oh, that would everything be the sun touches will be yours.
1: Uh, you could honestly use everything the sun touches would be yours. I think so. In yeah, a Star Wars, maybe you probably could. Um, There's so, yeah, also I'm still stoked on it. I... I There was actually an article, and you said you liked the last three minutes of the movie more than The Force Awakens. I did. And there was an article today that said why, and it was in Rolling Stone, why um, this movie is better than The Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who, in hindsight, like to criticize The Force Awakens for being...
1: A lot like A New Hope?
0: Yeah, I, I think that... Had they done anything else, they would have alienated a lot of people. I sure. think. I think that was the right thing to do to re-enter the Good universe. Good foot in the door. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To give to give people just an explosion of member berries, mm-hmm. exactly what they want, all the while setting up some really great openings for other avenues. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it wasn't exactly a. car. It wasn't the Hangover Two to the Hangover One. No. It was new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and Rogue One was was wonderful <laughs> because it was tremendously
1: new the hangover two to the hangover one was the prequels yes kind of yeah Kind like, of. That's the way people accepted the prequel. I came home from, without giving anything away, I came
0: home from Rogue One and I immediately put on the new Hi- A New Hope. And the first yeah. paragraph of the opening crawl of A New Hope, so literally the first thing you see in any Star Wars movie in 1977 is hmm. amidst the Civil War, a crack team of elite rebel spies managed to steal the plans yeah. to the Empire's ultimate weapon called the Death Star. And like those two lines are exactly what this whole movie is yeah and so suddenly the first 20 minutes of a new hope are so enriched yeah by this film that was done perfectly
1: definitely i was saying i love the the way that they choose the star wars locations now are so good yeah. i found within the prequels it was a little similar but like maybe too futuristic from the from the originals right but this one goes back to kind of the roots of having like You know, it it looks kind of like a Middle Eastern, Mm -hmm. you know, it looks like it could have been in Siberia or like Istanbul or something where they're in like a market, but there's aliens walking all over the place and the colors are really neat. And I just, I found myself really lost in those parts of the movie. Has it
0: struck you that either of these two new Star Wars movies have not really dealt with classic Star Wars planets at all? Like in two movies, oh, there's been yeah. there's been no Tatooine. Sure, there's been no yeah, I guess Naboo I'm... or all. And I'll, I can tell you this: there's only been one planet that's been used from previous movies, which is what? And it appeared in Rogue One, and it was Mustafar, which is the planet, the lava planet where Obi Wan defeats
1: uh, Anakin. Where was Mustafar in the Rogue One?
0: Spoiler alert: mm-hmm. <laughs> Vader's castle is on Mustafar, which adds this whole other twisted element to Vader
1: had a castle on Mustafar when they
0: first showed Vader when when Ben Mendelsohn went to went to audience with him
1: and that was on a lava planet that was where Vader's castle was you know what I was uh, unable to completely enjoy this Star Wars movie because I This year and last year, I was getting texts from street teamers. So I had to run out and make a couple phone calls. Did you miss one of the two Darth Vader scenes? I think I did. Holy fuck. Another good reason for me to go again. Although I'm going to miss the first half again, and that's when it happened. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? I can't believe you missed one of the two Darth Vader scenes. I think I did. I really think I did. The first scene that I saw Darth Vader in was when he was in that. Big tube being drained, and he just yeah,
0: that was it. <laughs> that was on Mustafar. Okay, he comes that, out of man. that and decides a man. meeting with Ben Mendelssohn, right? And that's when and that's when he tells him, Don't choke on your asp- aspirations, right?
1: Okay, and that's Ben. That Mendelsohn. was on a lava
0: <laughs> planet in Vader's castle, right? And okay. that is on Mustafar, which is is very fucked up considering that was where Vader was baptized, right? I kind of thought that was on the Death Star
1: that that was all happening. No, uh, okay, cool, no, cool, it cool. Was not. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> anyway yeah so i like jada
0: yeah and one of the criticisms I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot and i got into a bit of a reddit war with somebody when i came home from the movie no way people criticizing because the, there's a very cool cgi effect which i wouldn't spoil mm-hmm. although we've already kind of been discussing spoilers but there's a very cool cgi effect which we've seen maybe nowhere else before mm-hmm.
1: um not done this well anyway
0: no although it was done very well with uh, well i won't say um <laughs> marvel civil war had a interesting similarity. Um, a lot of people criticizing that it was only maybe 90% believable. Right. And I'm going,
1: why is that not enough for right. a piece of theater? <laughs> yeah, like, for something that's that takes place in the stars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it, and also... If you had that
1: attitude in 1977, Star mm-hmm. Wars never would have caught on. No. Cuz stuff didn't look perfect. I was listening to a podcast and a girl made a good point of like how you shouldn't necessarily watch like her her case for not going from Rogue One to the original movies to then the prequels was it's hard to go back mm-hmm. to the original movies after seeing, you know, you're getting such such an explosion of like awesome special effects and storyline.
0: That, that is going to be a, a big question for the next generation of dads, what order do I show my kids Star Wars in? Well,
1: because there's going to be so many different options at now. that point. Yeah. You can go you could go Rogue One, then the originals or maybe by that point Rogue One um the Harrison Ford movie.
0: Yeah. The Harrison you mean Ford, Ford the Han movie. Solo
1: movie. Sorry, yeah, the Han Solo movie first right well that that would take then, place well before rogue one and then rogue one and then the prequel uh, but the prequels technically are still supposed to come before i don't know i just hate the prequels yeah yeah i know
0: and i, I tried to rewatch revenge of the sith to kind of watch the movie that's set before Rogue One. It was terrible. Yeah, and I kind of remembered Revenge of the Sith as being forgivable. Like mm. the like the first two prequels were abysmal, but Revenge of the Sith kind of gets lumped in with the others, and it isn't so bad.
1: No, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like is it that, has some. Is great- that the one where Hayden Christensen's like? I killed everyone. That's where he turns into Vader. Women and children. I know. I just well, no. When he slays line. the Tusken Raiders, that's that an Attack, Attack of the, the clones. clones,
0: and that's where he has the "I hate the sand; it's coarse; it gets everywhere" line. Right. That's like the ultimate bad dialogue right. in Star Wars. It kind of defines the whole prequel trilogy. Right. Um, there is some good lightsaber shit in Revenge of the Sith. There's some good moments, mm-hmm. but but there are a couple of issues, and they all surround Hayden Christensen. I mean, every time he has an on. On camera scene with with Padme, I wanted to turn it off. Other and he services. hasn't
1: done anything since he retired. He he, he just from said, acting. He has a yeah, farm now. I'm good. Yeah. Oh God,
0: um, not a. And rich? also, there was a missed opportunity. Like Anakin becoming Darth Vader mm-hmm. should have made me cry. Right. It should have. It, that's the birth of the greatest movie villain of all time. It should have hurt. Right. And it was just like, oh, I guess we're there now. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing. The other thing is, obviously, the original Star Wars movies are so good. But, <laughs> and I think this, it's unfair to say because at the time it was so amazing. Yep. But it kind of does start out a little slower. Yeah. You know, like you're getting a lot of desert walking and there's some cool scenes, but. A lot of campy stuff too that we forget about. Totally. I mean. Like, again, saying what, what this girl on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast said was basically like, but you see Yoda and you're like, that's a puppet. Yeah. Like, that's that's a puppet with, like, a weird voice. Totally. You know? <laughs> that's not that impressive. No, But the new movies are impressive. So far.
0: Yeah. Next year we got episode eight to look forward yeah. to. We are now as far away from a new Star Wars movie as we can be. <laughs> yeah.
1: <sighs> but
0: at least we can watch the last two we should get back to back to christmas let's go back to christmas the star wars christmas special just kidding uh, i've never seen it
1: star wars is over if you want <laughs> it.
0: we got a complaint at the station about playing that song eh what uh do they know it's christmas is that what you're singing
1: yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that was. Oh, the, you're singing John Lennon. John Lennon over. Yeah. No, do they I know? Have it's perfect Christmas? pitch. You're supposed to know
0: that. I'm sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, Band aids. Do they know it's Christmas? We got a complaint. Why'd they get a complaint about that? How about how the song is written from the perspective of white privilege and its oh. its message is antiquated. That's a bit of a deep dive. I know, but also every station plays that song. Yeah, and I also hate that song. Do you? But, Jen but, was saying the other day how she loves it so much. I hate that song, <laughs> but not. Not for any political reason. No, I just hate it. Sure. And the and the Christmas bells that ring there are ding, the clanging ding, chimes ding. of God. doom tonight. Thank God it's them instead of
1: you is a line I've always taken issue with. Well, I mean they're they're saying that I think that I get it. They're like it's it's coming from a place of white privilege. Well, I think that's kind of the point they're making is like all these white privileged people don't know what's going going on in Africa. Yeah right or if they if they do they're like well it seems too far away from me thank god it's i don't think it's
0: really a commentary on western apathy about tragedy around the world i think it's a commentary about how this this season of joy is only something you can celebrate if you don't have bigger problems right right because these like do they know it's christmas they got bigger problems they got bigger bigger fish the greatest gift
1: they'll get this year's life
0: yeah, I just think it's very melodramatic and I hate Bono and Well, it's about AIDS. So uh, It's not really about AIDS. It's about Well, it's about like starvation and
1: yeah. Well, it's a...
0: it was done for Live Aid, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. Christmas. So, yeah, Christmas. It was Bono. Bob Geldof. Yes. Uh Who else was in it? It was like oh boy george boy george michael george. and i think maybe like i don't think boy george was i think george michael was oh maybe boy george, boy george, george was is too. in there for sure he is yeah yeah um it's like diana ross maybe i don't know if i can i can sense
0: any female voices in it
1: yeah it's like the uh isn't it the first person singing as a woman
0: no, cause that's Bono. It's Christmas
1: time. Right. There's no need to be no, afraid. No, okay. So the next line is like, and in this world,
0: I'm in it. I'm in it. yeah. That that I think is what is the line? <sighs> um, the clanging chimes of doom. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. I hate that song. <laughs> it's a stupid. song. So you song. gotta complain about it, and yeah, we did. I don't know. It's bound to happen. Yeah. Sure. So you watched uh, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown or a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. For maybe the first time. I think it's the first time I've been able
1: to f- sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Why? What, what, because what, uh, Charlie Brown's fucking depressing. Charlie Brown <laughs> is a little kid. The first line out of his mouth. I'm trying to get amped up as a kid, like for the Christmas season. Meanwhile, I turn on YTV and here's a Charlie Brown Christmas where the first words out of Charlie Brown's mouth are everyone loves Christmas. But something about it just makes me so depressed. I'm like, I don't want to watch <laughs> a little kid being depressed guess, on my Christmas vacation. I guess, but that is a philosophy a lot of people have. Now, it might be an adult concept. And That's the thing. It's so adult. It, and it breaks my heart to think that a little kid is depressed around Christmas. But and say, I don't want to that watch was, that story. That was always the
0: premise of Peanuts in the newspaper. Was I they know. Were, they were little kids that were who had basically these big adults. world
1: views. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. Okay. I mean, even now, like I just feel like oh there's so much weight on these kids' shoulders. Yeah. There's some there were some very funny lines and I wrote two of them down. Yeah, what were they? Because they made me laugh so hard. Uh when that first I I, I said I was gonna look up her name, but I didn't. Lucy. The, the psych b- The bossy one? It might have been Lucy or the psychiatrist. That's Lucy. That's Lucy. Yeah. Okay. So when Lucy goes Um, yeah, but for Christmas, all I've been getting are <laughs> toys and bikes. And Charlie Brown's like, well, what do you want? Real estate. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. And the next line from his little sister, when she goes, when she's like asking for money for 10s and 20s, and she the the scene ends with her saying i just want what's fair i just want what's coming to me i just want my fair share yeah. <laughs> like that that needs to be the beginning of a rap song there's something great about
0: the the cadence of the way these little kids talk because it was voiced by real children like real oh really? little children none it of sounds which, like it none of which got credit you can't look up what their voices whoa,
1: were. whoa charlie brown yeah charlie brown himself sounds like he's like
0: Three years old, and they weren't actors. No. They weren't actor kids. They were just kids, and this was one of many reasons why CBS was not inclined to buy this production. Right. Also, they they thought Vince Guaraldi's score was pretentious yep. and not accessible They thought the again the verbiage was was too highfalutin, and they mm-hmm. thought uh, they thought the message of anti-consumerism was not in keeping with their huge corporation. <laughs> sure. So they almost. They almost didn't buy it, and it was almost shelved forever. They also were forced to produce uh, a version of the show with a laugh track. Oh, and yeah. And last minute, they didn't have to air it. Um, they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But uh, just, just to kind of colorize it a little bit, to fluff
1: it up, they had to put a laugh track on the thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I get why people like it. Well, actually, you know what? I don't even know that I can say that. I'm really? kind of like, fuck this show. Like... Although the, there were lines that really got me in it, but I just kept feeling sad yeah. for Charlie Brown. Like it wasn't even, oh, this is all kind of funny. And like, look at all this stuff that I, it was just like, man, this kid's really hurting. I think, maybe, Christmas time. I think maybe
0: this year more than ever before I related to Charlie Brown and, <laughs> and just, just the message of, okay, I don't, I don't want to imply that I'm not in a good place cause I'm fine. But like the message of like loneliness around the holidays and, and and everything that we're trying to convey, which is something people feel. Again, I don't feel that way, but I can mm-hmm. I can understand where it's coming from. In a time where we witness so routinely the savagery of attitudes against one another, yeah. and we've, there's been a lot of talk about division amongst groups of people, and like when when Charlie Brown brings back the Christmas tree that he likes, <laughs> yeah. you know that he had compassion for. Right. There is no. Reservation for their criticism of Charlie. You are Miller. so stupid. You're Charlie You are so Brown. stupid, Charlie Brown. Boy, are you a lost cause! <laughs> yeah. Like, and and that's the way people talk to each other now. Right. And you just have to sit there and take it. Yeah. And Charlie Brown does. Yeah. So I don't know. I
1: I kind of I kind of think it still works. Oh God, it was just so like, I don't know. I mean, a Muppet Christmas. Sure, there's singing. People are all generally happy. It's Christmas, but I don't know. It, I, Jen Jen walked in. She was like, you watching him up? It's Christmas? Snoopaloop. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching it. It's f- f- super depressing. And she was like, it's really depressing, isn't it? <laughs> She's like, every Charlie Brown is pretty much like very depressing. Pretty depressing, yeah. Like, I don't think, do they even still put it on TV for like kids? Like, Well, they made a movie, I don't... remember last year? They made, a, oh, yeah. they made
0: a Peanuts movie and it didn't really do that well. No. It was apparently excellent, but it didn't really? do that well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I don't want to see a bald kid get bullied <laughs> yeah. and then feel Reli- sad.
0: So what did you think then? Because I wanted to observe that the only reason I'm okay with there being like scripture in this thing is because right. that's the way it was then. Mm-hmm. And I find it sweet. I'm not a religious person, but sure. it's still a touching moment. Yep. So not having any nostalgic connection to this show. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? Did you find it odd?
1: Um... No, I again it was just like this was 1965. Yeah, so it would be a lot more strange, I think, if they didn't. <laughs> have well, that in apparently
0: it? it was a bit of a fight. Like, really, they the network didn't want it, and Charles M. Schultz, creator of Peanuts, right, insisted that they do it. He yeah. said, "If we don't,
1: who will?" Right. Well, it made me really think about like what Charles Schultz was like. Mm. Like, what kind of a guy was Charles Schultz? Well, and it's almost not he... in keeping with his
0: with his early. Uh, counterculture cartoonist criticisms, right? Like to right. just be like a a sweater vest wearing churchgoer. Right. You know, I mean I'm not i I'm not trying to reduce him to just mm-hmm. one thing, but it it doesn't really appear elsewhere in Charlie Brown.
1: So what kind of countercultural stuff was he doing? Or just Charlie Brown? I just mean like, uh, Charlie Brown is yeah. like is is full of criticisms sure, on the world. Yeah, The same way like, like
0: Calvin and Hobbes is.
1: Right. Right. Like how it was how this anti-consumerism and these kids see
0: better than adults do the absurdity of adult life right um and so you know this cartoonist man was able to uh convey that through his cartoons Mm -hmm. it doesn't really really mesh very well with with linus's little speech but i still like that part
1: right yeah i like uh i mean linus is kind of the saving grace linus is kind of he's pure he, yeah he says nothing cruel mm-hmm. yeah i think and you're kind of like well thank god charlie brown has this guy yeah <laughs> because otherwise he, even his dog isn't like i don't understand why he hates his dog so much it seems like he's not cool his dog him. undermines him his dog is cooler than him yeah i guess that is the thing his dog's cooler than him he doesn't really undermine him though uh yes he does when does he?
0: well i mean he is undermines like, lucy he drives lucy crazy sure and he's off in his own world, I guess. Yeah. And he's supposed to be man's best friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like exactly what he is going all in on everything Charlie Brown hates about Christmas. Yes. He's not standing by Charlie Brown's side at all. Yeah. that's
1: And that, is that a, in keeping with like he's always against whatever Charlie Brown is? Well, Charlie Brown's for? always
0: on the outs of everything. Right. Right. Although in, in It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which is their Halloween special from the same year. Yeah. Uh, although I, I think it was the next year because it was 50 this year. Linus is kind of the one on the outs.
1: Right. Okay. what What is he on the outs about?
0: He believes very firmly that the tradition of Halloween is that the Great Pumpkin comes down into the pumpkin patch on Halloween night with lots oh. of presents for all the good little boys and girls. <laughs> right. And he was insistent on waiting in the pumpkin patch on Halloween night for the Great Pumpkin. Right. And everyone else is telling him, you're stupid. That's not real. Right. and
1: And Charlie Brown's kind of at that point like... like well thank god it's not me getting made fun of no tonight thank god it's them instead of you exactly but there Mm -hmm. is a subplot in that episode where
0: things aren't going his way either oh god he they've all dressed up as ghosts for their trick-or-treating and he totally fucked up his costume He He cut so many holes in (laughs) so there's like 30 eye holes in his costume (laughs) and when they after each house for trick-or-treating they group together and they're like, "I got a bag of chips. I got a, a gumball. I got a candy apple." Mm-hmm. And every single time, Charlie Brown goes, "I got a rock." <laughs> every <laughs> time they, rocks. every time they give him a rock. Who's giving him rocks? The evil parents, because nobody's parents. on Charlie Brown's side. Wow. The other, I don't like the, that. Side, the man. other Christmas special we have to talk about, a TV special, um, which did turn fifty this year, and I, yes. I watched it on Sunday, not realizing that it was its fiftieth birthday. Right is dr Seuss's how the grinch stole christmas yeah you didn't watch it though you didn't you didn't, I catch didn't up on this, it one? this year but i've seen it so
1: often sure like, i'm i'm good
0: i I'm probably good i probably have a relationship with it like you do with uh charlie brown christmas I oh, really? seen it a handful of times it's not one that's ever like been really close to me no i loved it though what, what about the grinch movie i don't
1: like the grinch movie no you don't No. oh i really like it really yeah yeah, yeah. i'm bored with it
0: um I find myself mesmerized by the imagination of Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so that's kind of fun. But but uh, overall, I don't really care. I had an interesting thought, and then I checked, and it, it did turn out to be true. Um, in, in this 1966 movie, this TV special, this was the first time that Grinch was ever colorized. And so before the TV special, in the book that had existed for years at that mm-hmm. point... The only color in the Grinch book is red. Everything's black and white and red. Uh, and so it's never said that the Grinch is green. Right. They had to decide for this TV special that the Grinch is probably green. And then the book changed to green
1: after that. The no, that the released.
0: book is not green. Really? If you look at the book, it's black and white and red. Everything is black and white and red.
1: Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I thought the images looked like the movie. No. Oh. Well, that's that It changes it. Yeah. Makes it a little bit, you know, more creative, I guess, rather than black and white and red. Can you imagine if the special was just black and white and red? That would have been interesting. Would have been almost like um Third Reichish. Yeah. Like kinda like Nazi propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> it Would have looked very like dark and whoa. Evil. I'm sure there's some way you could spin it so that it's you, like that you need anyway. An old priest and a young priest to watch it.
0: So this is also a sh- a show mm-hmm. about how obsession with the artifice and aesthetic of christmas mm-hmm. breeds cynicism in somebody it's the same it's the same story yeah, I guess so yeah you're right except for that and also the protagonist is lonely in both stories right. but their emotions manifest very differently like the grinch lashes out whereas charlie brown just kind of goes <laughs> on being
1: him pays five cents to the child psych- psychiatrist right And when she takes the money, she's like, oh, I love that sweet Jingle Jangle. (laughs) That was pretty funny. I don't know if it was supposed to be that funny. She's like, oh, that Jingle Jangle. I got five cents in this can. Oh, yes, I feel good right now. I love the sound of money. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, both dogs, both have dogs. Both have dogs. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, One of them is kind of sweet, though. Snoopy and Max are nothing alike. No, you're right. Uh,
1: I just feel like there's a little bit more... There's more heart and less cynicism in the Grinch. Okay, you know, well, because no, I, I don't mean in the Grinch character. I mean no, in the, in the story. story.
0: That's because there is zero cynicism in all of Whoville. Like, right. uh, if Gr- if the Grinch is is one guy in this universe, mm-hmm. everyone else just is just is unquestioning right. and, and perky. Right. But that's also pretty two dimensional. Yeah. Like you could argue that there are other levels to Peanuts characters. Mm-hmm. That well, oh, definitely. They're way deeper than any of the Who's. I noticed... I couldn't help but notice that the Who's eat something called Who Hash. <laughs> yes. And that just left a bunch of questions. You don't know what Hash is, though? I know what Hash is, but we don't eat People Hash. Oh, right.
1: <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> you know, Who Hash. But we eat, like, Canadian bacon.
0: True. Good point. You know? I think, I think the Grinch... Is an amazing piece of imagination. Like I don't know how his brain came up with that.
1: Yeah, I find that about well, he was also I think I think he was like a cocaine addict or a drug addict. Uh,
0: I don't know if that's. I mean, I've never heard that to be part of the mythology of of Doctor Seuss. Seuss. There are some dark corners to Doctor Seuss's Doctor Seuss's story. And what are they? Well, that he he famously um, his wife commits suicide. Right when she found out he'd been having an affair. Oh yeah. And you can look up the suicide note that she I've read it. It's oh my god. Haunting. And it basically what? and it basically says <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas.
0: Well it's it's it says um I I would never want your fans or the children who love your work to know the truth behind our story. Um it it ruins the magic in you. Oh my and just, god. and, and
1: yeah, it's, it's, so he was well famous at this point. Like he was this he post was Dr. Seuss.
0: It was post everything. Oh my god! Yeah.
1: Well, wait. When post everything, it was when his body of work was finished, and he had an affair, and she killed herself. Yeah, it was like he. It was like oh he was, my god. He was
0: the ultimate children's book writer. When it happened, ugh. And then he married his mistress. Wow. Yeah, I, I found it interesting in the credits for the Grinch. It said written by Dr. Seuss, produced by Ted Geisel, and that's. Doctor Seuss' his real name, yeah, yeah. So I, I found it funny that he like he used a a big boy name Taked for his geisel. producerial job.
1: It's kind of a weird name, yeah. The Geisel, um, yeah. I uh, you know that that's always got uh, a close place in my heart.
0: Did you find that the Grinch? I mean, of course, the Grinch got carried away, but like his whole point was to steal Christmas. But he's in there stealing light bulbs and yeah. ice cubes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's
1: like he, it, his whole thing was like to basically take any (laughs) any way of enjoyment like he would have burned down people's houses i think if uh if he could have yeah even even if the
0: argument can be made that christmas is silly yeah people can have ice cubes and light
1: bulbs sure yeah you don't need (laughs) to literally leave them in the dark right right but i mean he came around pretty fast yeah Pretty fast, too. I was reading some quotes today from Christmas music, from Christmas movies because at one point someone's like, well, it's going to be a hap-hap-happy Christmas. And I said, it's going to be the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And, uh, <laughs> what is that from? I don't know that's that from, reference. That's from Christmas Vacation.
0: Oh, I don't care about that movie. What? No. Really? No. Christmas Vacation or A Christmas Story.
1: You don't find A Christmas Vacation funny? No, it's not funny. No, no. It's not funny in your opinion no it's not funny oh my god you're talking to a generation of people that love <laughs> christmas vacation have you given it like a full watch recently? sure
0: i have of course it, i just i don't get i don't get i don't even see where the jokes are to be honest i really? sit there and i'm like i didn't i i can't even tell you what might be what people laugh at wow no when it's a chevy chase thing i think
1: when uncle eddie says that he uh, has a plate in his head, and anytime the microwave turns on, he passes out and pisses his pants and can't remember what his name is. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, strike you funny? No. The old man saying, you wouldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. I that's, think I'm softer. Nothing...
0: Like, I like Home Alone. And... But that's got, like,
1: a, a, nice, a nice sentiment to it, too. It's not Christmas like... Occasion? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all do. Sure. Well... Yeah, I guess most Christmas movies do. Sure, not all, not all the vacation movies necessarily. do. No,
0: I mean I like Miracle and Thirty Fourth Street yeah. and the Santa Claus. Like I kinda like the really soft really kitty ones. Stuff. Okay, yeah, gotcha. But and I don't like Chevy Chase. Right,
1: but you do like John Hughes. You like Home Alone though?
0: Yes, I do love Home Alone. Right, one and two anyway.
1: Right, yeah, one especially. Yeah, although, I mean, I've definitely seen I two used, fewer I, times. I, I used I to really like two. Like, yeah. two came out closer to when I was, um, I don't know, old enough to understand it. So I really liked that and thought that that was the funnier one. And the whole idea of being in New York was so cool. Yeah. But being older and watching it, it's just so much more ridiculous. And, like, it's just so much more, like, I don't know. The whole suspension of disbelief thing aside it's just so much more conceivable that a kid could be left at his home of course and not like you know he has to sidestep a whole lot less in in the first movie because in the second movie he's like basically faking that he has a credit card and yeah going into the hotel room and basically like walking around and buying other things and no one questions that there's a little kid walking down the street and well, they do the the hotel management is on to him yes, throughout the whole
0: movie, right? But it is a but they're on to
1: him like he's the villain. True, exactly. Where, where no one just takes him and like calls nine one one.
0: He it's the classic example of a sequel uh, elevating and mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit too much, right? But because it's the kid looks the same and the villains are the same, yeah. and it's just it's and they the, they the, both it's different enough. It's he, perfect.
1: The villains would be murdered at the first like stop. Are you aware of, of the McAllister. Home Alone drinking
0: game? Where you have to take a shot every time Kevin does something to Harry or Marv that would kill them in real life. Oh, that's everything he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. He
1: drops a tool chest down a flight of stairs on him.
0: In Home Alone 2... 2- He's on top of the building and they're threatening him from the sidewalk. And he is hurling bricks at Marv's face. I know. And like four or five of them hit him square Square in the face. Square in the forehead and it just
1: kind of leaves a mark. Yep. Like it's not like bleeding or anything. It's just like a dent in his head and he's kind of like staggering around. Yeah, he's like dizzy. Okay, Marv, how many fingers am I holding on? Um, Did you ever watch Die Hard? I also, I
0: mean, I I like Die Hard fine. You do. Okay. Again, it's not. You're not in love with it. It's not Back to the Future or Star Wars to me. No. I also kind of think. I mean, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, sure. Yeah, but but I, I I get why people say it's not. But I do. But I don't know know if a lot of people do say it's not. I feel, I feel like you know how, you know how the war on Christmas doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how Mm -hmm. like the people are talking about how like uh, oh I hate when people make Merry Christmas. Politically correct But no one is making Merry Christmas politically correct It's kind of like that Like no one is on the other side Of Die Hard as a Christmas movie There's occasional Christmas music And you can see a tree In the background Yeah But the people who insist On Die Hard being the, The best Christmas movie Are they're the same people who say Bob and Doug McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas is the best Christmas song. Right. You're just being defiant. You're right. just, you're not wanting to side with anything real. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And Bob and Doug McKenzie a funny piece of comedy once. Yeah. But I, I don't know how to articulate exactly how I'm feeling, but there's a defiance in saying Die Hard is the best Christmas sure, movie. Sure.
1: And you're okay with it. You're saying, give it up. Yeah. Give up the defiance in saying Die Hard is a Christmas movie.
0: I mean, it or is a Christmas movie, it's not. A but it's Christmas
1: not the best Christmas movie. Yeah.
0: It might, it might be the best action movie. Yeah. But it's not the best Christmas movie. No,
1: that's silly. No, definitely. Um, moving along to, I have a Christmas song question for you, and okay. I don't know, even know if you can answer it. Okay. Twelve Days of Christmas. Jen said she heard a song on the station that sounded like, uh, like almost possibly homophobic. Oh, probably. <laughs> it's like, it's like too. Two people singing Twelve Days of Christmas and it's not Bob and Doug because I asked her specifically. Well, right. Was it like about beers and stuff? Yeah. Um she's like, no, it sounded like they're almost like putting on like a feminine affectation and
0: uh, is it there's another one that we play, it's another stupid parody of Christmas music. It's uh, The Pains of Christmas? Okay. Twelve Pains of Christmas. Is that sound does that ring a bell? Maybe. I don't know. There's a couple of really campy, awful Christmas songs that are just made to be novelty jokes. Right. And some of them are okay. Like, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas is fun. Like, I I like hearing that song. I like her voice in it. Mm -hmm. It's it's bizarre. But, like, other ones, like Bob and Doug McKenzie, like, that's not a piece of music. No. You know what I mean? No. Um, Or uh, Police Stop My Car. Like, that is definitely making light of, of drunk driving. Right. <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. So Is that a song that's played? Police stop my car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. A, I don't think I heard that it's one It's a yet. dumb song. There was uh, the song that I'm obsessed with. Right. Was <laughs> Christmas <laughs> rapping by the waitresses. Yes. The lyrics are confounding. Right. Uh, the structure is is insane. It might not even exist. <laughs> um, yeah, get this Christmas over with. Like that's one of the lyrics. I love it. They basically say get this Christmas over with, and it sounds like it's two syllables.
0: But it's a fun song. It's objectively a good song. Oh
1: yeah, it's catchy as hell. Yeah, bah humbug. Now that's too strong. Cause it's my favorite time of year. <laughs> Merry like, Christmas, Merry Christmas, yeah. Merry Christmas. And and this is by the same band that I think did the like I know what boys want. Yeah, I know what the perfect pitch again. Yep, but. Uh, but this song in particular like me and my friend were going back and forth for an hour last week texting each other about how funny the lyrics were and if you get a chance look them up because it's basically like a small book of <laughs> and it was supposed to be like the pun was that it was rapping yeah like over christmas and it's not rapping at all it's not rapping at all like it's funny it's it's like rapping in the way that blondie was kind of rapping sure. in some of her songs and, yeah some people say that she was the first rapper, which right. is also ridiculous. People say that, do they? <laughs> no, I don't think that people say that. Oh, but God. I think I've heard someone say it. Right. They were drunk.
0: Oh, man. My throat is sore.
1: Are you done your Christmas shopping?
0: Um, I've got a little bit more to do. Yeah. Yes. I have to get something for Becky's parents like in the next 24 hours. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. What about like a couple wines? They don't drink at all. What? Period. So, they never have no so like that would make it easier yeah to to get anything alcohol related sure but it's just not an option
1: oh god but here i am here i stand um what else can i'm trying to just brainstorm real quick what are they into what do they do sailing
0: sailing he's a very good painter she and he's also he likes to bake she
1: she likes snowmen okay you could bake a snowman cake. No. Okay. Uh, next suggestion. <laughs> I really don't know. That's uh, that's, that's okay. a, I'll, that's I'll a tough it one. Out. It's like Jen's dad is getting into running this year. So okay. everyone's buying him something running related. Right. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to go with the wine. And I'll get your mom some tea. And Smart. That's that's that. I'm not going to like, you know, go and get some weird like running pasties or anything. <laughs> these are for your nipples while you run <laughs> you're gonna like it yeah have so we, have we hit everything i think so
0: i mean it's very hard it's kind of like when we talked about snl for a podcast you can't you can't hit it at all no
1: uh, we're over an hour now though aren't we? oh yeah we're good
0: yeah yeah tweet us your your favorite christmas specials and movies let mm-hmm. us know your thoughts tweet us like you always do yeah we always get tons of tweets send us your tweets we beating them away at show show podcast i actually can't check my tweets right now because my phone has touch disease Mm, i got that once (laughs) yeah (laughs) i told the person at the at the provider i went to see if i could get a new a new phone because my conveniently it's happened when my plan is up right like today yeah uh and i'm gonna wait a few more days to see if there are like better boxing days boxing day sales um but I said to her, because, like, iPhone touch disease is a thing. There are articles about it. It's, like, a thing that iPhone is copped to. Right. And I said to the lady behind the counter, my phone
1: has touch disease. And she, like, backed up a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And there, uh, I, one of my friends tweeted the other day that he was at the Apple store, and someone smashed their <laughs> – like, they were arguing with the lady. And they smashed their phone on table and said, uh, here's an Apple for you. <laughs> what yes that was the line so they should have said how do you like dem apples that would have been so much better and done it with two iphones and then he i guess he like walked away and was slowly being chased by security in the mall yeah that's you damaged property and... yeah well no this was his own phone though oh okay so i don't really know well, that he was it... just being aggressive in public then. yeah yeah i guess so right upset people people get
0: upset charlie brown the grinch uh, yeah
1: i guess they were both pretty upset Doc. They let it in different ways. The Muppet Show? Doc. Doc came around real quick, though. Real fast. Wait a second. I'm going to build some bunk beds <laughs> for these monsters. They're weirdos. These other weird. Yeah. But they're nice weirdos. Yeah. I don't understand that either because Fonzie. Fonzie. Fozzie was uh, Fozzie's a Muppet. Yep. As is everyone else around. Yep. She's like, they're all such weirdos. Like, aren't you guys like from the same family? Muppets? Well,
0: the Muppets are their troop. You have to remember that. The Muppets are not their species. Oh, that's that's another big, thing. That's re- a good point. That's another thing I take away from I, I heard Jason Siegel say it once. He said it's a very big lesson you're you're taught when working with the Muppets by the experts, the handlers or whatever. Right. Kermit the Frog is not a puppet. He's a frog. Right. Right? Yeah. They, like that's and they say they make a point of sta- stating obviously and often right. that Kermit is a frog. Right. The Muppets are just what they call themselves. They're right. just a troop called the Muppets. And why Muppets? I don't know. I think it's a. it sounds like puppets.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Man puppets. It's too it got too late to change it, sure. I think.
1: Have you ever done the three D uh muppet experience in disney world yeah at mgm studios isn't it awesome
0: it's really cool although i wonder if i would still find it as charming having seen so many 3d movies now
1: right i i remember being like amazed by it like stuff was really coming out at you
0: well they actually like blow bubbles out into the audience sure
1: and isn't there one point where like mice are running by your feet or something or is that a different
0: one maybe that would be
1: crazy yeah maybe that was a different but it was the same same type of idea anyway I would like I would really like to not
0: like have the podcast just End dwindle on an off anyway? sometime.
1: Okay, we need to like have a checklist or something. Well Yeah, maybe we why need to have
0: like a final segment of can, the podcast. Can we
1: do this next week, my my drinking idea? Maybe we have to get a... hammered
0: during the podcast?
1: Yeah. So we would have to do it on a night that neither of us work the next day. Oh
0: yeah, but I'm not working next week either.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Oh great. So next, next week's the week to then. do it then. It is the week to do it. Yeah. And it's kind of leading up to New Year's. Maybe there's something okay. we can do about, like, party shows or...
0: Yeah, what would be, like, a, a good New Year-themed...
1: Oh, you know what I wanted to bring up was, as far as Christmas specials go, one that I always... That I think got enough credit at the time, but I think looking back, everyone kind of thinks it's hokey. The OC, when the OC was doing the whole Chrismica thing. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Did they invent Christmaca? Is that Did that term come from the OC? I think so. Okay. Yeah, it was the first time it was ever
0: on TV. Anyway. I think I'd, I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like it was a fun thing. I remember people for like two years in a row were right. talking about Chris Chrismica. It really, really uh, got into society.
0: I think about like just going back to my my fact, diehard it. rant. Yeah, you know, if you if diehard's your favorite Christmas movie and Bob and Doug McKenzie's your favorite Christmas song, and you just want to talk about how like Festivus for the rest of us is a funny sure. Christmas idea. Like we get it. You're from Sackville. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's my punchline to.
0: To all of that stuff.
1: But do you really think it's a sackful thing?
0: No, it's broader than that, but that's how I boil them down. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's
0: good to it's know. It's our longest episode in a while. Really? Hey, everybody have a very Merry Christmas, a very safe and joyous holiday.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what, so what, do we know what we want to do for the next I audience? don't know. Maybe
0: we'll have to brainstorm about that. Yeah, okay.
1: But we should try and do something that's New Year's oriented in some tangential way. And my idea was we have like seven different 10-minute segments or whatever and we take a drink before we talk about everyone so what kind of segments do you want to break them down into i don't know i i haven't put much more thought into that either we break it down into different shows or we talk about a different element and we actually just have a timer right that like as it winds down that could be cool yeah I think we will both have more time, although we probably won't put any more time into prepping for it. But we will have more time. Well, to...
0: what's nice about our format now is that it doesn't really require a whole lot of prep. The biggest time commitment is just watching the shows. Yeah. Um, but we do sometimes suffer from not having enough of a, a skeleton.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Give that a go. Yeah. It'd that be may... different. Yes, different. Or okay, I will try. I'll try and come up show. with some
0: different segments that that it can loosely break into cool can't wait okay merry christmas everybody
1: merry christmas and a happy new year perfect pitch
0: never trust well's math